and you're famous for it, but you're, you're playing bass, you're playing guitar, you're playing drums, you're playing harmonium. Mm. Is there an instrument that you've tried you just couldn't tackle? Uh, yeah, there? there are many of them, yeah. Seriously, it's like it's the blowing instruments I'm no good at. You can't do the bl blowing? There's the blowing thing That's the technical term for them. That is what they're technically known <laughs> in the orchestral world, the symphonic world, as I am entering into. Uh -huh. I did actually start off on trumpet. My dad gave me a trumpet mm -hmm. when I was about 14. And I eventually traded it in for a guitar. Yeah. You just asking couldn't... him first, saying, do you mind? And he said, I don't mind. No, I couldn't sing with it in my mouth. I heard your, yeah, your Let It Be on tuba just never sold as well. <laughs> it just was not a big seller. Welcome to Paul or Nothing, the place to get all of your Paul all of the time. Join me, your host, Sam Wiles, as we discover the history, the music, and the man behind it all, Paul McCartney. To get in contact with the show, email us at paulmccartneypod at gmail.com. G'day, 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 and welcome to another Fair Dinkum episode of Paul or Nothing, the place to get all of your Paul all of the time. Shout out to Morris. I am, of course, your host, Sam Wiles, and today we are, once again, making another quick stop off at Egypt Station. Yeah, 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 I know. Where the hell is that Tug of War episode, Sam? Well... It's a pretty fucking long episode. There's legal issues, union contracts have fallen through, the economy ain't quite what it used to be, I haven't got full party support. And it's also going to be really good. And I don't want to rush it out. But, fortunately for me, McCartney, being the ever-kind and helpful man that he is, decided to drop us a little random single so that I would be able to make some quick content to wet your beaks a little. Today's episode, folks, I will not be alone. I will be joined by a guest... And rather than running through all of the housekeeping, let's just jump right into it. You've probably seen the title already right now. This isn't going to be a long one. I know you can't get enough, so here you are. Thank you, folks. But as I'm sure you've probably seen by the title, I shall not be doing this all by my lonesome. Once again, I'll be joined, depending on your opinion, by either one of my esteemed alumni Paul McCartney network fellows or one of our fiercest rivals. Either way, to me... He's my kind of people, and he can chat macker with the best of them. He is the co-host of one hell of a Paul McCartney podcast called Two Legs, and you may remember him from our recent chat about Egypt Station. Everyone, please give a big Paul or nothing return welcome to Mr. Tom Humbiady. Hello, Tom. Sam, Sam, thank you for having me back. It's good to be here, and uh, let's talk some McCartney. Yes, I'm glad that there's slowly becoming a stable network between us where there's, you know, when there's emergency content like Get Enough that uh, I'm able to say, Tom, I need someone to talk about this song. Uh, <laughs> you, you know, none, none of us saw, saw this coming and we are going to get onto the song shortly. But this is a real, a real treat for me that uh, I don't have to cover this on my own. How is the podcasting world treating you? Anything coming up with Two Legs? Yeah, yeah. I mean, the podcasting world's been great. Uh, having a lot of, a lot of, a lot of good feedback. A really good time with with the cuz David. You know, doing the show with him, mm -hmm. and we've got uh, two uh, two interviews coming up with uh, people on your side of the world. Um, uh, I won't name them right now because I want to keep them kind of a surprise. But uh, awesome. it's it's uh, yeah, some some good stuff coming ahead. Well, Paul is from this side of the world, so I'm going to assume it's an exclusive interview with Paul McCartney. So that'll uh, oh, absolutely, yes. It's going to be a ten-parter. He, he, uh... <laughs> <laughs> he talks about the drugs and the sex. It's it's oh, really, absolutely. It's, it's the orgies, everything, the whole nine yards. 
That is going to be the BBC drama that is never going to be made, unfortunately. The uh, the, the orgies of the Beatles. That, right. It, it, it could be it could be a good kind of like Where's Wally meets Karma Sutra kind of book, perhaps. You know. Exactly. We also got the exclusive photos from when uh, McCartney was in jail in Japan. So uh, never before seen photos as well. <laughs> that little black book is one of those relics that. Are, oh, what what did he write when he was in that prison? You know that is that right. One, one of the big what ifs of the uh, Beatle lore. So, have you actually checked out another new kind of Beatle-ish podcast that's out yet? It's called I Am The Egg Pod. I'm I'm aware of it, and but unfortunately I have not uh, listened yet. Yes, obviously, we're all very busy, busy, busy people. Fortunately, yeah. I do a lot of cycling to work, which allows me to listen to as many podcasts as I like. It's a good 45-minute trek there and back. And okay. I, I highly recommend it. It's got some insane guests. Uh, some strong opinions on solo McCartney releases as well, which w- some you may find quite shocking, actually. So uh, it makes for good content. A lot of their Beatles stuff is a little more sound, shall we say. But there's a nice variety of, of uh, guests on. And uh, he's okay. he's kind of hit the ground running, really. So is he focused on, on, on all aspects of, uh, of, uh, of Beatles, uh, solo and, and Beatles as a group? I think so. He describes it as like a jaunty stroll through Beatledom. So he'll like talk about like either a Beatle album or a Beatle film or a solo Beatle record. So he pretty much covers everything, which leaves him very open. I mean, gotcha. on this show, personally, I've always said no Beatle content. But how many times have I broken that rule? I, you know, <laughs> I, probably, I probably need two or three hands for uh, that tally. Right. Well, it, it's 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 hard to have a McCartney podcast and not talk about his time with the Beatles. Yeah, it is the real elephant in the room. We've got another big elephant in the room with this podcast today. Uh, but, yes. Um, first things first. Our first chat was mostly centered around being prior to the release of Paul's latest album. So tell me, are you listening to Egypt Station now that the honeymoon period is over? Now that we've had some time to to like you know digest it all, is it still on heavy rotation? It's not heavy rotation anymore, but it is mm-hmm. still in rotation. I, I I'm still enjoying it. I, I have all but one song on my uh, on my iPod, so I generally try to uh, listen to that whenever I'm out of town working, and uh, I'm still I'm still enjoying it. You can't not say what that one song is, though. Now you know I'm <laughs> I'm very curious. Listen, listen. As much as that, the that's a good message that he's he's done a few times with the whole piece. Thing, but people want peace for me is 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 the worst track on the album. <laughs> yeah, it is the most generic, certainly. Right, it's one of the most uninspired. Uh, when I first listened to the album, though, it was on shuffle, unfortunately. So I I went straight from station one to people mm-hmm. want peace. <laughs> okay, and that as an opening was actually quite bold, I thought. But where it actually is on the album is quite uninspired as well, sadly. Right, but I get that. What are some of the standouts for you? Would like you know your, your kind of top three in in no particular order. Oh yeah, I mean, do we want to include the bonus tracks or not the bonus tracks? Because your, uh, uh, is your top three needing to include the bonus tracks? Well, you know, I mean, not necessarily. So you know, for me, um, happy with you. I solid, think is is is, yeah. is excellent. Uh, Dominoes is probably my favorite song on the album as of right mm-hmm. now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm feeling that. I'm feeling that. And and I really enjoy uh, Who Cares. Uh, not video, but the song. <laughs> what are your thoughts on the video? I literally just did a recording last night when I talked about the video. Um, what right. What are your thoughts on it? 
you know, I thought it kind of missed the mark a little bit. It really, I don't, I don't see how the video has much to do with with bullying um, <laughs> per se. I mean, yeah. if that's what the song is really about, you know, let's get some uh, let's get some real thoughts on uh, on bullying and uh, let's do it right next time. I mean, this whole you know get inside of you know Emma Stone's brain and let's see what's going on up there. Uh, you know, I mean, it's interesting, but uh, again, it didn't. Uh, I don't think it, it, it hit home. Yeah, there was a little bit of a disconnect between like the Emma Stone brainy stuff and the therapy room stuff with Dr. Paul. Um, right. You know, was she in therapy because she was being bullied? That's the most I could possibly infer from that video. And that was me trying to think far too much into it and read into stuff that really wasn't there. Because even when I first listened to that song, the lyrics didn't immediately jump out at me as bullying lyrics at all like it took it, it took a couple of listens through and the internet and the mass media campaign telling me that it was an anti-bullying song so right. I, was, I was like okay because obviously paul being paul who cares about you i do so <laughs> he makes it into like a bit a bit of a loving track as well in the end so i mm-hmm. The guy who I had on yesterday kind of just saw it as a silly love song kind of anthem where Paul's just kind of challenging his critics. Okay. Which, which you know, kind of works as well. But yeah, the bullying thing aside, I never I never quite under, understood that one. <laughs> the, other big, <laughs> the other big topic that we spoke about when you were last year was the fact that I was still a McCartney virgin. And mm-hmm. I know you probably are dying to ask me about my recent McCartney gig, so I'm just I'm just going to come out right now and say that it was awesome. Um, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I remember keeping up with the the set list, and uh, actually, someone else who uh, you may know who who runs the the Wog blog uh, over in uh, what, I think Sweden or Norway or something like that. He was there, and he was posting a video when when they were doing a Wonderful Christmas Time, and little later, then he posts another live video, and guess who's out on stage? One Mr. Richard Starkey and uh, Ron Wood. So uh, congratulations, you had a, a hell of a show. Yeah, I do feel very privileged that I've seen both of the remaining Beatles and, you know, one of the Rolling Stones, whose names I can actually remember. So that that was very good for me. Unfortunately, the song, as I've said on a couple of episodes now, was probably one of the more okay-ish tracks of the night it felt like a, a couple a couple of drunk lads on stage having a bit more of a laugh and a bit more of a, a spectacle of the fact that they were all there right. rather than behaving properly uh but it was fun it was fun and the fact that i actually got to see it and i got to you know sit where i sit where i sat was so right. amazing yeah let know. me ask you this though i mean th- did you find the experience worth it i mean were you disappointed by the vocals at all or you know what I'm saying? Because, I mean, a lot of these older bands now, they're promoting, you know, experience. This is the experience. Yes, we're not going to sound as well as we did back in 1975, but you know what? You're still going to have a good time. Well, Live and Let Die is still as badass as ever. I'm not going to take that away from Paul. Like, I've mocked it for years, but the fact that I got to see it live mm-hmm. did change my mind on it somewhat. Many of the songs he did sing very well. Helter Skelter, Letting Go... Uh, in spite of all the danger, was fantastic. Get Back, again, was a little bit sloppy. Right, right. <laughs> the moment I'd been and I got back, I did kind of think, I don't need to see that kind of Paul McCartney gig again, I don't think. If there was an opportunity to see him in a smaller bar gig, like at the end of that James Corden right. experience, i definitely see that. I've always championed him to do what I call just him, uh, a piano and a guitar, perhaps, just on stage. 
mm-hmm. uh, maybe maybe an acoustic guitar and an and electric guitar, maybe an upright bass, doing his kind of chaos and creation sickness right, right. kind of thing, where he's just having fun with a smaller crowd. I think that would be much better for his voice. We all we all talk about you know does he does he change the key? Is he not going to change the key? Is he going to change the way <laughs> the way the song sounds? Is he going to change the pacing of it? And you know I think it's better that he just drop certain songs than change them all in all. Of course, yeah. There's over the years there's been artists that have been redoing their songs at live on stage. How the Eagles for Hotel California and others they just change the tempo or the key just to, to please the audience maybe that they're doing those songs but I, i'm kind of happy that he's not you know changing you know the style or or the key even though he can't necessarily you know hit those notes anymore but he's still staying true to to the song lady madonna to you to make it's like it's like oh go on you're trying mate i know i know you're trying right. how many times have you seen him now have you seen him twice is it yeah, I've seen him twice now. I've got tickets for the for the third time here in June, uh, here in Phoenix, Arizona. And then he just announced a show in Las Vegas at an arena where my company works. So, oh my God! Uh, there's a, oh my yes, God. there's a good chance that I'll be working the show twice and seeing him twice this year. So it's it it's going to be pretty cool. I'm looking forward to it. Well, someone's podcast is going to have a slew of content around around that fortnightly period. I can Absolutely. I, I can guarantee that. Oh my gosh! <laughs> uh, and is that all part of the fresh? up tour as well yes yes they're three days apart so that'll be interesting as well to see how his voice oh, is wow. holding up between shows so between us but we will have an encyclopedic knowledge of this tour now mm. as well another episode i'm going to be doing is a gig review of the grand central station show and just seeing that at the start of the freshen up tour it was it's, it right. makes uh, makes it seem quite small actually when I, I you know I've actually seen Paul live in a big theater with like right. twenty thousand people or like fourteen thousand people or something like that when compared to seeing Paul McCartney with two hundred ninety nine people and Meryl Streep. <laughs> now he had the horns for that show, correct? He did, yeah, and they were and they were stood in the crowd, both in the Grand Central Station mm-hmm. show and at the right. end of the show I was at. He had he had uh, his brass section stood in the crowd. I like to pretend that it's you know Thaddeus and or and all of the uh, wings wing, mm-hmm. wings over America crew. Obviously, it's not. But, but. <laughs> um, what did you think of the other two bonus songs for Egypt Station? Uh, Get started and nothing for free. Right, right. Well, nothing for free, as we know, is it was the second song he did with uh, with Tedder, um, Teddy Boy. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, <laughs> and I found it to be much more enjoyable than Fa You, even though I don't mind Fa You, but it was definitely, uh, definitely more exciting. I think it was a little bit more current, maybe a little Beckish. Uh, I don't know. Um, but I, I dug the grooves. I dug what they did with his voice in that song. And and get started. I love that code, that last you know thirty forty second coda of, of the song. I th- I think it's uh, really strong. So both tracks, I, I'm glad were added to this deluxe edition. They were good bonus tracks. I mean, I, that would have been great if these two songs were part of the album, and maybe we could have got rid of you know people want peace or you know something else. But uh, good stuff. Good stuff. Um, better than uh, you know. This other bonus song that we might talk about here in a few <laughs> <laughs> yeah i know a lot of people were actually quite fond of both tracks unlike me uh on my discussion really so yeah uh i guess i wanted a second opinion from you really get started like a uh, like you said i love the the kind of almost proto heavy metal right ending of that song i thought that would have been a, a nice moment just to have on egypt station for the sake of it 
I'd like to have these two songs on a separate single vinyl. Ah, know, right. But I, yeah. but I don't want it anywhere near the actual Egypt Station track listing. I'm happy leaving People Want Peace exactly where it is. I think Paul has been very wise here and left, you know, and, and, and made these bonus songs for a reason. Mm. Uh, they do feel like offcuts. This isn't like Red Rose Speedway stuff where it's like, oh my god, they haven't put Jazz Street on the final album. What were they <laughs> thinking? Well, what what's going on? Like, I'm fine that neither of, of these tracks are on there. Nothing for free to me felt quite dated. Actually, I felt I felt it felt like a, a Paul McCartney Ibiza club song gone wrong in some ways. Okay. Well, McCartney, in my opinion, I don't know. It's coincidence or just a habit, or if, I don't know what it is, but somehow he finds a reason to leave very very good songs off albums you know and and using them as b-sides or mm -hmm. or or separate singles so and I, I i totally believe that that streak is continuing uh so i'm looking forward to hearing what other you know bonus tracks there might be for this album if uh, a deluxe uh egypt station does come out here soon i was actually going to ask you that at the end but i'll ask you now before we actually get into the song in question like do you think that this is the last of the recording sessions of Egypt Station that we're, that we're going to have? Is this the last we're going to hear of Egypt Station? Is it, is it going to be more singles? Is it going to be kind of eventual archive re-release with more songs? You know? Or? Yeah, oh, definitely. I, I, I see this, this archive set possibly, uh, or deluxe edition, if you will, coming out probably in the third quarter. Just a guess. I, I don't know for sure. But I, I can see it as a, right around the same size as the, the uh, new deluxe set that came out, what, five years ago now? Um, with those extra added uh, songs, I think I read that there was some 24 tracks that were recorded for for this album, and we've got it was a lot, yeah, yeah, it and it's lot. 19 now, so we're still looking at uh, at at five more, maybe five more, yeah, Another yeah, five. wow, and hopefully we get all of that, you know, those early, you know, small gigs that he performed uh, last year um, on a on a DVD for this set, so that would be nice as well. But I've already got, you know, what, uh, I just got the cassette of Egypt Station. <laughs> um, oh, fantastic. Yeah, last month, so I'm looking at, uh, you know, six copies of this, uh, uh, of Egypt Station that I own right now, not including the two copies that I got for buying tickets <laughs> earlier last year as well. I think you have to admit when you have an addiction there, Tom. Yes, 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 I do admit. <laughs> That's a lot of Egypt Station. Wow. That's more stations than Monopoly you have, you have there. <laughs> so let's uh, let's stop tiptoeing around on the issue. Let's let's be brave because it was supposed to be a quick one. I mean, the last time Paul dropped some bonus material for Egypt Station, at least it was two songs for right. you know, pe for, for people like us to talk about. But today we're going to be talking about one song called "Get Enough." Now, before we share our thoughts, we should probably set up uh, the kind of appropriate context. The song dropped on January 1st and was kind of a fun little herald for the new year for me, really. Though the tune itself is is not on the parental album at all in any way yet and was actually just released as a standalone single. I think the lack of an appropriate B-side very much in, in the way of Come On To Me and I Don't Know was a little bit of a, a missed opportunity. Would this song have replaced People Want Peace on Egypt Station for you? Yes. Yes, Okay. Okay, that is that is drawing a line there. Okay, I that is that that is a fine benchmark to start this this uh, conversation. Then you would you would gladly have get enough in place of people want peace. This is the third of the Ryan Tedder collaborations during the Egypt Station sessions. Correct. Um, 
Tedder being the only other producer, except for the Adele guru, Greg Kirsten, who just smashed it on the rest of the album. And this song is more of uh, Tedder's kind of bubbly uber pop. So you're not much of a fan of Fur You, the other Tedder song. And the other one... Which of the, of the other two was it? Was it Nothing For Nothing Free? Nothing For Free, yeah. I did enjoy yeah. it more than Fa You, even though I do not mind Fa You. So. Yeah, so does Tedder stand out a bit too much on Egypt Station for you? Is there is there definitely like, oh, these are the Greg Kirsten songs and these are the Ryan Tedder songs? Or does it all feel enough like one of Paul's projects for you? Yeah, it does feel... I mean, over the last couple albums, well, we've seen McCartney work with multiple producers. So, it, you know, it... it didn't bother me that he worked with multiple producers on this album because i mean the songs flow i mean they are more you know he is trying to look for that modern sound or that current feel and and i think both producers brought something to that table they do i just feel ted was a bit of a, a wild card and i guess uh, from my opinion at least he definitely picked the most commercial song to go on egypt station right. proper now are you familiar with one republic or One Direction. What What's the name of that band that he's a part of? Oh, I believe it is One okay. One Republic. I know of the name. Like, when I checked him out on Wikipedia, I was like, One Republic, yeah, I know <laughs> of them. And then checked no further. Are they good? Are you... I, I can't say that I've listened to them at all, so... <laughs> oh... Sorry, Ryan Tedder, if you're listening to this, uh, the uh, wider McCartney audience uh, are not aware of your work. Uh, For me, Kirsten just smashed the rest of the album so much, though, that I kind of wish that there was a singular producer presence, perhaps. Mm -hmm. Even if it was just Paul, actually. But that's probably just because I'm writing and recording so much about Tug of War right right now. Mm -hmm. There's that George Martin, you know, steady hand of, Paul, we're going to ditch half of these songs, they're shite, and another 25% are going to go on the next album, because I don't want to even touch them now. (laughs) You know, I I can see your point there. I mean, you could have probably taken Thaw You off the main album and put Get Started on there, and then there you do. You have your album, and then just keep the the tether stuff for, for these uh for these singles you know oh, no. oh, i don't want to lose for you though i mean i'm with you i'd rather lose people want peace or perhaps uh oh gosh oh taking anything off that's really 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 hard actually right. well there's a thing where it was pleasing your fan base i mean i would imagine he probably figured ahead of time that people were going to have a, a problem initially with for you you know and that's why i'm saying maybe take that off the album just use it as a single as he has done so many times in his career you know releasing yeah, singles without you know without them being on the album so that way you're you're keeping you know one fan base happy and then maybe growing another fan base this this digital download fan base that you could you know probably grow with these more you know modern sounding tracks if you will and you, and you could have a, a really good bootleg the ryan tedder sessions <laughs> very, true, very true oh my god paul did commonwealth again when he was 75 who knew who knew <laughs> commonwealth oh. yeah yeah get back to your commonwealth country yes that's such a weird one i'm obsessed with that bootleg at the moment i've got the whole 86 disc set or 83 disc is it so oh wow so, yeah um, yeah i love that mccartney tried to do politics during get back and clearly right clearly someone went paul no one's gonna get that mate <laughs> it just it just sounds straight up wrong uh, drop it just drop it yes i agree we're really getting to the point with get enough now where we can't kind of be coy or vague enough anymore so um 
after all of this, uh, I'm just going to ask you, Tom, uh, and you can t- yeah. and you can talk about any any part of the song that you want at this point. What is your official statement on Get Enough? There was a time when we walked by the docks. I told you I'd need you all in my life. I'm watching the tugs rolling by together. Do you remember? Do you remember the lights on the shore? How they reflected the rain on the road? I believe that you loved me alone. It was real. My official statement is if you can look past a, a certain part of this song, I think you'll find I think you'll find a very, very nice, solid track with a very, very, very beautiful last minute of a song, which I think this last minute of the song could be some of his best work that I've heard in a long time. I really, really dig what the production and what they did with this last minute of the song. It feels like the end of McCartney 2, almost, with that kind of very serene, angelic yes. sound. I do get that. Exactly. Yeah. It is a very nice I, I, You know, I love how the acoustic guitar comes in. I love how the, the, the backing vocals come in and this, this faint female voice that you hear in the background. You know, in a way, it's, it, you know, it could be a little Morrissey-esque, if you will. Mm-hmm. I, who was another person I really, uh, I'm a really big fan of. So, um... I, I really dig it. I think that's the best part of the song. Uh, the lyrics, there's some nice lyrics in there. Um, you know, I was going over the lyrics uh, not too long ago. And, and uh, you know, and then what I think 35 seconds into it, you get that, you get that, you know, thing that you thought maybe you'd never hear McCartney do use, <laughs> you know. And Just say, what is it? What, what does he do? It's oh, the auto-tune. Now and then I see your face. I've been wanting to love and embrace. I've been looking for love, but it gets me nowhere. Oh, yeah, yeah. Get enough, get enough, get enough. Um, uh, yeah, you know, and you, you, I think when you, you hear it and you, you, you're experiencing it for the first time and, and, and you're in disbelief, you know, how can arguably the greatest rock and roll singer of all time or the most arguably the greatest versatile singer of all time you know why is he doing this but then you go back in time or you you reflect on his experience you know changing his voice throughout his career and you go okay yes if this was around maybe in the 60s or 70s maybe he would have played around with auto-tune a little bit but auto-tune is so just wrong Yes, thank you. So many people use it for so many wrong reasons. I mean, it when when a person is using it for the for his vocals for the whole song, you know, nonstop. When people are using it for whole albums, I just think that it's just terrible, and you shouldn't probably have a record contract. 
So are you telling me you don't believe in life after love? (laughs) I do not. That is the the first thing you think of, isn't it? Exactly. She should be put to death for that. You know, uh, I think... I believe, I, I, you know, I believe that song well, was a number one song here in the state. I don't know how it, I'm sure it did well in uh, in the UK when it came out. Uh, but I think that song, you know, if it just died, if Altitude just died right there, I think we could forgive Cher for introducing it no. to the world. However, I, I don't think she can be forgiven anymore. It's a, a guilty pleasure track of mine. That is, I must, I must admit. See, in UK clubs at about three in the morning, you see, <laughs> I can someone, that. someone will someone just go, Oi, mate, mate, put, put, put on share. <laughs> and everyone just starts jumping about. It's not a pretty sight. But I see you went straight for the jugular with your auto-tune talk. And I don't want to win any brownie points, you know, for guessing that it's the obvious controversial talking point about this track. And right. in all honesty, if we're just going to talk about the auto-tune bits, I really quite like Paul's use of it as a kind of additional production technique in his repertoire, shall we say. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. This is going to be a track that throws a lot at you to see what sticks. And the auto-tune stuff was probably the only stuff that I actually really connected with. It's definitely the most memorable part of the track for me. And whilst I don't think it's going to be the next temporary secretary of the future or anything, I'll certainly remember it over Get It Started and Nothing For Free. Fair enough. There's an obvious Kanye West influence on this song, though, I must admit. A man who did a whole album, much to your disdain, of autotune, Heartbreak and 808, which is probably my favourite Kanye West album. We may have to talk later on that. But... Kanye used a bit of auto-tune warbling on Paul on Paul's performance on All Day. That song came out a couple of years ago. We'll just quick mm-hmm. we'll just quickly hear a clip of that. song had a brave use of autotune for Paul. Not as brave as the one for Get Enough, I'd say. When Paul used it, I was saying like, oh gosh, okay. <laughs> here we here we go. Whoa, okay. Whoa, steady, steady girl. It was a horse rearing up on me. I just, I, just, I, just, I just wanted to calm the horse and kind of press on with the journey. Paul actually advertised this use of autotune all the way back in an issue of GQ last year, weirdly. Right, and he talked about Get Enough, and it was it was a Ryan Tedder song, and how it wasn't on the album. And Paul was actually talking about how he imagined a modern day John Lennon loving the use of auto tune and that warble, and how Lennon would probably do it in his iPhone and stuff like that. And that just sounded like a horrible image. Like you know when they say like if like Kurt Cobain survived, he'd just be fat and disappointing. Like <laughs> like that's like Elvis. Yeah, it's like oh my gosh, no. I don't want John Lennon right. using auto tune with an iPhone. 
you know. Oh. I, I I mean I could see Lennon Lennon maybe dabbling in it a little bit, but not to the not to the extent that McCartney did for this song. I I, I think there's you know obviously there's there's ways that you can maybe have, use auto tune you know for the better you know just for you know hitting certain you know notes or continuing a note but when there's a whole line or a whole lyric in the song and you're using auto tune to you know to sing that line or lyric I, you know i i just find it un, unexcusable i just see it essentially as a, another part of vocal distortion i guess i guess you have to go in being very self-aware of what it is and how pe- right. and how people right. are going to do it, I don't think Paul owns it here. I'd like to see him experiment with it more in the future. In all honesty, but to really do it in a McCartney two kind of fashion, where it's it's just him dicking about in a studio. That's the kind of album that I'd love. Right, I'm very biased yeah. like that, but I mean, I would love to hear him do an auto tune track with the production of a McCartney 2. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? We're he's using a lot more synthesizers and, you know, crazy tracks, maybe like a temporary secretary. You know, maybe the auto-tune w- would make more sense mm-hmm. with, a, with a song like that. The so. only thing I will say about this song, and it being like temporary secretary, is that it does have that kind of defiantly annoying element to it where you could imagine that McCartney knows that he can just make songs that'll be discussed within the fan bases. Oh my god, have you heard this song? He's used auto-tune. You have to go check it out now. And Well, you just made a very good point that I was going to mention here at some point during this interview. What has this song done and what has the last six months done? I mean, this whole session, this whole production, this album has made us continue to talk about McCartney. Mm-hmm. And I think that in itself is like a marketing brilliance of, of, of McCartney and his team. I mean, we are still talking about McCartney. He's 76 years old. And... And here we are doing a whole show on one song, pretty much. Yeah. Capital has a lot of capital to give capital fucking advertising. He's been everywhere. Like, Paul McCartney answers questions from Google. Paul McCartney goes on this talk show and on that talk show. And he's on this internet show and he's on this podcast. And And he's purposely given the same questions. They answer over and over again. Paul, how did you write Let It Be? Oh, no, no, no. Well, my mom came to me in a dream. And, you know. <laughs> Who was my love for written for, Paul? Uh, Come on, please answer the question. And then, like, Nancy, like, shoots him a look in the audience. He's like, oh, yeah. uh, you know, uh, just oh. like someone back on you then, you know. Yeah. <laughs> someone please ask him about Venus and Mars or something, just for me. I'm sure, like, that's why he's probably forgotten most of those albums, and maybe that's why the 80s is that forgotten era of McCartney's work, just because journalists are just not allowed to ask him about them. You know, you'll get shot if you put forward a Pipes of Peace question. Absolutely. I mean, I would love to hear the uh, stripped-down version of Press the Plane and just have him, you know, explain to us why he, you know, chose to do the, you know, the 80s style of, of, uh, of music or production, if you will, for these great songs that uh, I'm a member of uh, uh, 10CC was so willing to uh, help him with, you know, so... Uh, Are you asking him to make some sort of, like, apology show for for, for, for that album? I'm not- I, I think that if he gets to around to doing a press-to-play archive set, we should get that rough mix uh, 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 CD like we did with, with Wildlife, you know? That would that would be great. You know, a stripped-down version of it. Um, not so much an apology, but more of an explanation. <laughs> an, an explanation. Yeah, this is where things went wrong, you know? Yeah, <laughs> like wildlife did in all fairness kind of open the window a little bit more into the studio environment with its outtakes and various studio jams and stuff i'm gonna i'm gonna lay my cards down on get enough it is a, a tricky song to interpret 
Like, when I first did my first run-throughs of it, I felt like Amy Adams in Arrival trying to decipher some alien <laughs> language. Because the song, for better or worse, as I always say on this podcast, like some sort of battered housewife, it's <laughs> it's all over the place, isn't it? Right. I'm writing an article at the moment about conjoined multi-part McCartney songs. Right. And this is like the worst, the nadir of all of that. This doesn't feel like one writing session, and this doesn't feel like the final three tracks of Egypt Station, where it just it's like, oh, okay, these are three things that I had separately. We'll just conjoin them, and then we've got a final medley. This is this is literally him, you know, checking behind pillows, under the sofa. You know, he goes in the in the laundry basket and finds an old song that's been down there for a while behind the washing machine. These are dregs that he just kind of stitched together, these unrelated nuggets. And besides the auto-tune stuff for me, and possibly part of the final fade-out that you found so kind of mellifuous um, as well, but, you know, you, you, you've got the piano bit, you know, we were walking through the dark show, oh, oh, right. dum, dum. And I, that, that bit feels kind of like it's out of steps slightly. Like, the song feels like it starts at the, at the wrong bit. Mm-hmm. It feels like there should be an extra note or something at the start. Like, dun, 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 bitch, bitch, right. bitch goes... Boom, boom, we was walking through the docks. I'm like, Paul, you, oh, you've, you, you're doing the I don't know voice again, where you just sound too old to like be doing it properly, but the song's not an old song. Like, maybe this song would have been, would have been a bit better with the do it now voice, and then like contrast that with the very silly, do you remember? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think you got a point there. I mean, it does feel like two separate tracks. Um, however, it feels like you know, five, it feels the, about like five or six se- separate tracks. Right. Really you know, but I, I think there is something to be said about this this aging voice when he sings these kind of you know looking back songs. You know, kind of almost like you know early days or in the blink of an eye mm-hmm. or, or or even uh, happy with you maybe. Um, you know. I, I think they, you know, at times they kind of they kind of work, or the voice for the song, you know, kind kind of works. That's why I was kind of a little disappointed that he chose to use, you know, auto tune for this song. I mean, mm-hmm. it, it doesn't necessarily work. Unfortunately, not. No. Yeah. So. Do you have an arbitrary number out of ten for it? I'm going to go with five. I'm going to go with a five out of ten on this one. Okay. I'm afraid. Um, that's that's my arbitrary number. Right. Well. So for me, uh, you know, I try to find good in, in every song mm-hmm. of, of Mac- that McCartney does. And there is good in this song. However, you know, the, the bad, unfortunately, outweighs the good on this song. So as much as I love the last minutes of the <laughs> song, I almost have to give this song probably a four just just because of, of, the, of the use of the obvious use of autotune on this track unfortunately you wouldn't call the use of autotune creative or in, like inspired or anything like that no no unfortunately not no that's a shame it's definitely a, an, an interesting peak in the way that penny lane was an interesting peak at what was going to come on sergeant pepper but i don't right. I, I don't feel like we're in for an album of share covers or anything like that any, <laughs> any, right. any, any but yeah I can look past the autotune, don't get me wrong. I mean, I, I, I'm not hating this song because I, I don't hate it. <laughs> yeah, I just couldn't, you know, it's just hard to look past it. And, I, and I'm glad it's not used that, you know, for the final can't get enough of your love at the end of the song because that probably would have ruined the song for me altogether. 
But, you know, in closing, the, the last minute of the song is where it's at for me. You know how I mentioned earlier when, like, Who Cares kind of cops out when he goes, you know, Who cares about you? And then he goes, I'll cop out. I do. And it's like, oh, okay. It's a, it's now now it's kind of a quasi-Paul McCartney love song if he, if he wants to back out of a corner or anything. When, when he's going, Get enough, get enough. I can't get enough. Right. Of you, like oh, don't don't do it again, Paul. Just keep it ambiguous. Make it not necessarily right. make it not necessarily a love song, and like right. there's like a very cynical part of me thinking, is that just him going? Oh, I, I don't want this to possibly be like a drug reference addiction song or anything. I love the the, the sudden uh that he does a couple times. You know, after he does after he, uh, he sings, can't get enough of your love. Uh, you know, and he does that a couple times in the song, and uh, I find that quite humorous almost like if you ever seen that clip of dana carvey doing his chopping broccoli from saturday night live where he does that a couple times i have to check that out right now yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm always on, on on the lookout for clips of saturday night live that make british people laugh it really is a rare thing you don't understand me me and my friends constantly watch compilations just trying to laugh and it just doesn't work except for one that did make me chuckle it was, it was. She was called like Debbie Downer. Yes, it's a very recent one, and that made me howl. That made me howl with laughter. Oh, I I love when they <laughs> when they start cracking up throughout the scene. <laughs> you know the other cast members. Uh, you know I love when that when that stuff like that happens. But yeah, Dana Carvey chopping broccoli. Check it out. Chopping chopping broccoli. And on that note, I think we're going to bring things to a close with chopping broccoli there. <laughs> right tom uh this is kind of like your little plug spot now how can we find you how, how, how can we find your podcast obviously links are going to be down below but please tell the people well thank you my friend sam uh we are at currently just on podbean uh we're going to stick to podbean for a while uh, you know we will eventually get onto to itunes but uh yeah you know www.podbean just type in uh two legs on the search you'll find us do have a facebook page two legs a paul mccartney podcast we are on that little thing called twitter mm-hmm. uh if, if you if you'd like to follow us there uh at uh, two legs podcast you can email us at two legs podcast at gmail.com and uh like i said earlier we've got two really cool interviews coming up that i'm really looking forward to and um and 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 can I talk about my other podcast for a second? You've got um, another podcast, yes. Yes, it's a solo Beatles video cast. It's called Talk More Talk, and I do that with uh, three uh, three co-hosts: uh, Kittle Tool, Ken Michaels, and Kenneth Womack. Uh, we have a great time, and it's just. Uh, I'd say 95% of the time it's going to be solely dedicated to the music of the solo Beatles, which is John Paul, George, Ringo. You are part of that quartet. I yes. didn't know that. Yes. Oh my gosh. I could, well, if, if I did, I completely forgot about that. Congratulations. I actually, I can't wait to do a listen to them when more of those come out. It's a bit like Game of Thrones for me. I'd rather have four, four or five to listen to and kind of binge right. on it rather than wait, doing it one by one. I'm a very right. impatient man, man like that. <laughs> The same with podcasts, really. Uh, the same with that. Um, I am the egg pod. Like now that I've listened to all of it, and I have to like wait for episodes to come out right. like a schmuck. I feel like a right peasant. 
and that kind of inspires me to keep it with uh, with uh, my content as, right. as well. Well, we're um, you know we're gonna have you on our show one of these days. Uh, hopefully, we can uh, work that out soon. When your feet are yes, on the ground, yes, yeah. on the ground, we've already got we, a uh, somewhat of a uh, a fun uh, show lined up for that. You know, I don't know if we want to tell what it is just yet, or we can. I think we can on my show. I, I'm I'm not sure if it's going to affect affect right. affect your audience too much. Go and listen to his show, people. Go <laughs> to, to, to his show. But we're we're going to be covering Paul McCartney's. Was it U.S. number ones? Was it? I, no, I think we can throw in the U.K. number ones too, because there's two. There, there'll be what pipes of peace and Mola Kintyre that we can throw in the mix. And what we'll do is we'll rank the number one songs of McCartney from uh, the U.S. and, and the U.K. and. Uh, I'm sure we'll all have a, a, a different opinion on on which you know singles that were his uh, were his number were best number ones. So I look forward to that. I am more upset that America didn't make Mullaf Kintyre a number one than I am at like you know the war on terror and stuff like that. <laughs> like it is such a bad mark against your country. It really, it really I, is. It's I'm, the I'm, black I'm... eye of the history of the U.S. for sure. Oh, girl school. Oh, piss <sighs> off. What are you on about? What are you on about, guys? <laughs> It played better on radio. Oh God, yes. I can't. Uh, uh, just it, it it baffles the mind. But I will save that rant for another day because I've started writing that, and that's a six-page rant all already. <laughs> okay. It gets very very brutal. It starts all the way back with Benjamin Franklin, uh, and mm-hmm. then gets and then just gets gets worse from there. Really, Tom, thank you so much for coming and talking to me about this content, Paul. So thankfully, has just randomly dropped this little bit of content from uh, in the middle of my recording of Tug of War just to help me kind of keep the content coming out. And I'm very glad that you could come on and assist me with this. And there is no one more qualified to do so, I must admit. It's been really, really fun. I can't wait to actually listen to more of your show, actually. I, I've actually got it in my top little tab on my screen right right here now. I, I always like to scout out the enemy before I, <laughs> I have them on, as it were. Well, thanks gladly... for having me, Sam. I appreciate no, dude, it. No, dude, dude, dude. Honestly, I like I, I like that there's a small McCartney community growing, and and you know I'd like it to become ever more incestuous. You know. I hear you. And I can't wait to do some McCartney number ones with you. And you know, spoiler alert: I'm not going to just put Mother Kintyre at number one just to annoy you. Don't. Worry. Oh, I would hope not. <laughs> <laughs> right. Let's wrap this bitch up. I'm just going to cut back to the not so live feed now. Tom, thank you very much for for coming on coming on the show and taking time out of your busy busy day. I will be seeing you soon, I'm sure. Thank you, Sam. And there we are. That was my fantastic quick chat with Tom Hunyadi or Tom Hunyadi as I saw on one of his live Beatle vidcasts that he mentioned just there. All of the links will be down below. Tom is one of my favourite people to talk to on this show purely just because he's very much like me in the sense that he wants to also be the top Paul McCartney podcast and I'm definitely going to have him on again very soon and like he said I'll definitely be on his show soon as well. If you liked today's episode, if you want to tell me how good it was, or if you want to tell me how bad it was, or more importantly, to tell me your Paul McCartney story, whether you've met him, you play his music, whether you have know someone who knows him, anything, any poor connection at all, please drop us an email at paulmccartneypod at gmail.com. It's the best and quickest way to get in contact with the show. I'm going through all my emails, making sure I always reply to all of them. I'd love to get more of your emails up here on the show in our main episodes. I always seem to read them out in the bonus episodes for some reason. If you want quicker contact or if you just want to say hi or just follow the show and keep up to date with everything that's going on, follow us on our Twitter, which is at McCartney Pod. That's at McCartney Pod. Find us on YouTube and 
Facebook, simply by typing in Paul or Nothing or Paul McCartney Podcast. Please, 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 please leave us a five-star review on iTunes if you can. If you can take five minutes out of your day to go and do that, it helps boost the show. Apparently, iTunes go on user reviews, downloads, and subscriptions, not on number of downloads. So if you can say something nice about the show, that will make us look pretty damn good. And finally, of course, I don't have to point you towards the Patreon. I'm sure you all know what it is by now. It helps keep the lights running. You know, lots of people say, oh, Sam, I'd I'd love to buy you a beer. Well, I can't take a beer off you on the internet. Just send some money through the net, through the cables, a couple of quid my way. It helps keep, keep the show going. I never want to put ads on, and I'd love to do this kind of thing for you guys full time. Help make it happen. I'm sure Denny Lane is already playing us up. Stay tuned next time. Um, after this episode, I'm actually going to be posting my review of the Egypt Station music videos, actually, that I did with Matt Phillips not too long ago. And then soon after that, hopefully, with Robert Stevens, a big fan of the show as well, I'll be putting out our gig review of Paul's Grand Central Station review. Absolutely cannot wait for that. And then hopefully, after that, we'll have some tug-of-war action. Though I have just rediscovered a toot and a snore the famous Paul McCartney John Lennon jam in the 70s and I really want to talk about that I also can't wait to go on to Klaatu and Everyday Chemistry but more on them in the future thank you very much folks for listening to Paul or Nothing thank you very much play us out Denny <laughs> <laughs>